Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Symposium Talks Business. Uh, today we are talking about DocuSign. Now, DocuSign are one of those businesses where if you've heard of them, you know about them. But if you haven't heard about them, you have no idea what they do at all, I think. Uh, but I'm delighted to be joined by Lucas again. Hello Lucas, how are you? Hi Zach, good to be back again. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Excited to be talking about a company you said that might be under the radar for quite a lot of people. Exactly. Um, we'll just go straight into it because we've got a lot to talk about. And last time we had a lot of stuff to talk about, we nearly ran over. So uh, we'll get straight into it. Uh, DocuSign, founded in 2003, they're an American-based uh, company which offers services that automate uh, paper-based agreement processes. So that's basically online signatures and digital signatures. Uh, and they have over half a million customers and hundreds of millions of users worldwide. Uh, and that's a figure that's ever-growing. It, it's just a huge amount of growth in this area. They operate in uh, over 180 countries as well. Um, and their current CEO is called Dan, Sing uh, Dan Springer uh, and their board of directors is also rather interesting because they have the former CEO of GoDaddy, the managing director of Bain Capital Ventures and lots of other contractual and uh, technological companies uh, have, uh, have people on, on, on the DocuSign board as well. Now DocuSign offer a variety of software packages for regular signatures and on top of that they also offer special software packages for real estate, for mortgage providers, for federal government and for the life sciences FDA style industries as well. So as well as having their more broad overarching signature based technology they've also got their slightly uh, more specific uh, meeting specific particular needs products as well. Uh, now let's just get straight into their performance then. We've given their background, we all know what they do. Lucas, can you just talk me through their performance uh, in the more recent times? I mean, uh, it's difficult to put too much of it go on right now, but overall, in the last year, what have their results been? So yeah, we're currently there, kind of financial reporting year, and actually ends the end of January. So we're kind of looking at figures for the last kind of nine months or so. But Q3, kind of last year, they were looking at about $382 million, which is a 53% year-on-year increase. And I think that's unsurprising. DocuSign, people were aware of it if they used regularly and were maybe remote businesses from the outset and have kind of looked to have that originally, whereas obviously 2020 has forced everyone online and it's made DocuSign far more vital to a lot of businesses in terms of keeping things going, having contract signs, having agreements drawn up. So it's no surprise that's kind of a 50, yeah, 53% YOY on last year. And 382 million is not not something to be shy of. And you look at that, you combine that with their subscription revenue, which kind of, as Zach mentioned, they have a number of packages available. Their subscription revenue was also at 54%, which hit them at 366 million as well. This is some serious numbers, and it's not surprising that this is going to be the we think you guys should be taking more notice of. It's not a small competitor to Adobe. It's not a new startup. It's a big company dealing with not only small startups and smaller companies across the world, but also they deal with the biggest multinationals and the multinationals are trusting them with their documents. You can have subscriptions with them either annually or monthly, depending on how you want it. And their aim is to basically grow through extending their customer relations, tap into the eSig market, electronic signature, not e-cigarette market, um, and which they currently view as very underpenetrated. And I'm sure many of you will agree that previously, if you need something signed, you'd probably just go through Adobe PDF, use that kind of very non-user friendly interface and try either copy and paste an image in or something like that. These guys make it far more simple. They have it all in one place. And the most important thing is that their technology and their signatures and everything complies with US regulations EIDAS in EY, EHANCO in Japan, and across it all, it really makes a difference. So, so what you're saying then? So, what you're saying then is that this is a business who they, they offer the ability to electronically sign a contract, and it's compliant with lots of regulations, so it's legally enforceable, and that's partly why their revenue is going up so high. Then, because they have been able to offer, especially during COVID times, a package which is e-signature and very easy to use and accessible anywhere, anytime, but is also legally enforceable. Exactly. 
So when you have companies that previously needed that handwritten signature on employment documents, on merger and acquisition documents, all of those top legal things that require the real estate, as Zach mentioned, these can still now be done while in full regulation in the US, the EU, Japan and beyond. And gives companies that security that, yes, they're doing things online and for them it may seem a bit different, but it's still business as usual and they still have that security backed by these signatures. So kind of moving on from that, as you said, they're trying to grow. They've recently purchased two other companies, Spring CM and Seal Software, as well as Live Oak previously to that as well. And are really looking at targeting both those large scale businesses and those smaller ones. It's it's a really interesting business model in that they're trying to scale up very quickly and rather than grow internally, just buy other businesses, use that revenue that they've got to really hit the market big and capitalize on something that many of their competitors don't offer at the moment. Yeah, I think that's a very good way of putting it. So I think that one thing we need to look at is their admin expenses as well. So previously kind of from 203 to 2003, sorry, to maybe let's look at 2015, 2016, they had very high expenses. They grew and they didn't make much profit. Their revenue was kind of teetering at a decent level, but not too high. But since they've kind of hit 2020 now, they're into higher revenue and they've got a really established business right now. Their admin expenses have fallen massively by 30, by just under 30%. Their losses pre and post tax were also less than half of the year before. And it's meant that in 2020, they can really expand and go after big businesses, small businesses. They can really try and capture the market and capitalize on what really, while may not be a great situation for many businesses, many people, is a really good one for them. And they've had that base so they can really go and say, we are the people to do this, where some of their competitors might have had to develop things almost on the fly this year. To give you an idea of some of their customers, as I mentioned, both kind of big and small, some of the big names you'll be aware of, Expedia, Halfords, LinkedIn, Unilever, which encompasses thousands of brands that I'm sure you know more of as well. They also have worldwide clinical trials, which has been important with kind of all the COVID testing and medical testing along with that, and Salesforce. Salesforce is important because they're not only a customer of Salesforce the business, but they have an integration with Salesforce's CRM, which means that Salesforce is the largest UCRM across the globe. Um, HubSpot is number two for those of you that are aware of it. And the fact that it integrates with Salesforce means that companies can add it into their own system already if they need to send contracts to clients, to customers, to prospects. It's all integrated together. It's all in one place. They're not worrying about having to jump on different software, all those sort of things. And it really makes, they make life easy for their customers, which is the end goal. And that's what you want as a business. You want to make the customer's life as easy as possible and make them not want to do, do business without you involved. Exactly. It's so, a very good way of putting it. Uh, and, and that's kind of what, what the world is moving towards, a seamless transition of, of just getting everything done in one go. If you look at so many processes, especially business processes, it is that simplicity that people are prepared to pay for. I think it's really great what you were saying as well about the um, the performance aspects as well and about how they haven't needed to catch up in the way that other companies might in order to get electronic signatures and electronic authorizations uh, out there for people. I think what's worth noting from that is because of the fact that their subscription revenue for people who subscribe to use the DocuSign cloud for signing documents and for people who use the professional services and, and, and the collection of payments through PayPal, not through PayPal, through, sorry, through DocuSign software in um, in the US. It's, it, it's a very lucrative bit of, bit of kit for them. It's, it's massively important. And this is kind of reflected in their share price as well, because their share price has gone up massively. I mean, I bought uh, DocuSign shares in June, late June, and they've gone up 15% at time of recording, which is the 6th of January. So that's, that's pretty good going. Um, I think what's also worth noting is this is a company which has really benefited from the pandemic. Whenever you've seen news of a vaccine or of a lockdown ending, that's actually resulted in DocuSign share price going down. Now, what that's going to mean in the future when all the, the COVID world has, has vanished, I think we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, their, their offering will still be valuable after COVID because the, word, the, the way we work will change. But I, I think that was a really interesting point there, actually, about how people have had to scramble in uh, in the COVID times, but DocuSign haven't in the same way because their business model, actually, in a lot of ways, 
is perfect for just that. Exactly. They they've been really suited, and I imagine their kind of board of directors and investors they weren't hoping for something like this, but they were hoping for an opportunity to really capitalise on the market when they're in a strong position and establish themselves without actually needing, I would say almost needing too much marketing because when you Google, I need an e-signature or things like that, they are hitting top of the list, they're up there, mm. all their SEO is really good. And it's something to, they just basically were right in the right place at the right time and have the right options for them. Exactly. I think, as we kind of mentioned previously, the key thing for them is that it's enforceable legally in a number of countries worldwide and it gives that security and protection that maybe some of their competitors don't, or you'd require third-party input to actually get that kind of approval that it is legally binding. Exactly. Looking looking kind of forward from here, yes, I think we all agree kind of COVID has moved us towards a digital, more digital world. Twitter CEOs, for example, has said that they're not going to force anyone to be in an office ever again. If they want to work from home completely, they can do and that's only growing and growing. So DocuSign is a really valuable offering for businesses. It keeps that flexibility for them. It means that you don't need a bike messenger cycling around London or New York with illegal documents waiting to be signed. It's like, when you, when you think about that, you think, why would they ever be doing that? Why would you need a 20-year-old undergraduate cycling around on this little messenger bike, funneling legal documents when you can just send an email and it's all done? In fact, scrap that, you can send a text exactly. and it's all done now. That is the most recent thing from DocuSign. And like you wouldn't think I could sign a housing contract or I could buy a company through basically a text now if you sign the right document. Obviously, there's a lot that goes into it before that, but the end product of signing on the dotted line is now scribbling on your, on your iPhone while you could be on the tube. Exactly, or, or even worse. Um, we're going to where else one might be signing documents, but... Uh, yeah, you're right. And, and you were talking about the big businesses as well, Expedia, Halfords, LinkedIn, Unilever, Worldwide Clinical Trials and Salesforce. I can think of a small business as well. Uh, they're a, a, a company who do um, managing agency and letting of student properties in Plymouth. Uh, they have students from all around the world. And in September during COVID, when they needed to get uh, contracts or signed them or have you, they use DocuSign. So you can have uh, tenants in Japan or in in uh, in India, for example, and they were just able to sign the contracts. The, the cost of actually getting the contracts done is, is significantly cheaper. It is enforceable, which is significantly safer, reduces the risk that you carry doing a transaction, and it also frees up staff time to go and do other things. So it's just perfect, isn't it? Not just for the big businesses who've got millions of these things to do, but for the smaller businesses who maybe don't have the resource to to continually funnel into into these things which are actually admin and don't necessarily add value when they could be using their time to do other things which do add value. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Kind of bit of background of the sort of doctor design product offering is you can basically have templates. So I'm the one this is a side group who worked at NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, were a very common thing for me. I always have to draft them up almost on a daily, sub-daily basis to send to various prospects and clients. The fact that on DocuSign, I could have a template set up ready that I basically just input their information and send it straight off to them, and it's all held kind of on the cloud without any input from me needed. That just streamlines the process so much, and what could be a bit of a laborious, boring admin exercise that I'd put off suddenly becomes really easy and seamless and makes it makes me want to do it quickly because then it gets off my plate. It's little things like that, as we said. Making day-to-day -day business for companies easier is what DocuSign do really well and will continue to help them going forward. Exactly. I think that, that's incredibly well said. Well, let's talk about going forward. Uh, let's talk about the, the future in a bit more detail then because we've discussed a bit about the world post-coronavirus and how actually things like e-signatures are probably going to stick around because if it's easier, why does a pandemic mean, or the end of a pandemic mean we can't keep doing it? It wouldn't make sense. So it's probably going to stick around and be quite valuable. But uh, improving notarization technologies is something that maybe they could do a bit more. It's not such an issue in the UK, but in the US, notarization is quite a thing. I know that they have already put money into notarizing documents and, and, and trying to make it better, but it sounds like there is more that can be done, right? 
Yeah, so there's been, yeah, there have been efforts there, kind of, as I said, it's particularly a US issue. There are efforts have been made, but the efforts in kind of regulatory and kind of le- making it legal has more been on a worldwide base in terms of does it comply with the right regulations. But again, DocuSign is still predominantly operating in the US, other than kind of a few remote countries worldwide and those multinationals. So notarization is important, and I think a lot of US companies and market research that's been done around it, as they've kind of been looking at their competitors as well, has been saying that that is an important thing if they're looking at making it kind of their sole station for getting legal documents processed. Yeah. So I think to make it, to really sell it to companies in terms of making it the only platform to use, I think they do need to kind of improve their offering a little bit, make it a bit more comprehensive, but it's definitely it's not out of reach for them and it's something i'm sure we will see in the coming months and years when they know they've now got this strong market hold and how do they capitalize on that exactly well we know that they're already on their way to doing that so it's not you're right it's not a million miles away but it's something that for the u.s market they would need to consider but then there's another thing for the the global market that would be really useful and that is uh potentially integration with with other erp te- uh, technologies so sap for example so erp for those who don't know is enterprise resource planning all that sort of stuff and sap is one of those in fact it's the biggest one i, I believe um yeah it would be great to see some integration there as well because not only can you then maybe have a customer sign a contract using crm but then you can also put it into your erp and you can have it so that you can send all of the contracts for you know 20 different transactions all signed to one person with one click, something like that, for example. Or you could have it so that if you need a supplier to sign a contract, but they'll only sign it once you've signed it and you'll only sign it once your customer signed it, you can use SAP, for example, or, or, or ERP to try and get everything to go in one big run. So you've got suppliers and customers together. That would be something that would be really good to see, especially for big businesses like Unilever, who would have customers who will, will, will need contracts but also suppliers who will want contracts and you know, you don't want to sign your supplier contract before you've signed your customer contract ideally but you don't want to sign your customer contract before you've su- signed your supplier contract so that would work quite well surely exactly it's a really tough thing to negotiate because yeah as I said you almost don't bit the business mindset you don't want to agree to buying a certain number of things to be supplied if you don't have the customers but you don't want to agree with the customers that you're going to sell them X number of products if you don't know that the supplier's going to give you them it's that really tough middle ground. And you're right, SAP integration would really help with that. Taking it from, say, as we said, with Salesforce, CRM, in terms of getting those customers, and then how do you continue them on the, the pipeline, on the treadmill, on the runway, however you want to say it? How do you keep that process going all the way through the transaction from kind of, I've got your email address, I'm going to send you an email, so if you want to buy my product, all the way to the product is delivered to them. There are a number of documents that will go through the process, especially for those large companies, as you mentioned, Zach, and it's, yeah, having that implementation all the way through would really just make it easier. Yeah, I think it means that then companies don't have to jump between different software, different operations where, okay, sometimes we have to email documents, sometimes we send them on DocuSign, sometimes we use them. If there's one, if they can keep it all in one place, it makes it more seamless, as we said. And that's really a key thing that DocuSign are trying to do and I'm guessing better at, but still work needs to be done. But I think I don't think it's unfair to say work needs to be done, but also we do have to admire what they've done so far and the position they're in now. Exactly, because it's not as though we're saying they've got to do a huge amount. I mean, even trying to get something with SAP, that's not going to be difficult, really. Given the, In the grand scheme of what they are doing, that's going to be just sort of plugging it in, in reality. it's probably That's probably how they would do it as a plug-in. It's really not... A difficult thing on the on the face of things okay it's going to require a lot of coding but they've shown they can do it the fact they've got integration with crm uh, from salesforce would suggest that actually it's quite good i mean yeah that if that's the worst we can come up with that they may need to do a bit more in two areas where they're already making progress really we can't say too much against them can we exactly it's almost a position of you we can't just say they're the best company in the world because they're, they're obviously not that finding fault is actually quite difficult. It's almost just saying, right, they've done this really well, but to get even better, they could do this. That's almost the position we're in. You could argue the only fault other than those we could possibly give is that maybe their marketing isn't quite as strong as we'd like. Because, again, 
there are going to be lots of small businesses out there who've probably never heard of DocuSign. I mean, maybe that's something from us as a UK-centric point of view. I don't know. What do you think? I, I've actually got a very good counter to that. And it almost seemed like a sign last night. So uh, I was just chilling in bed before before I went to sleep, watching a bit of YouTube. What happened to be the advert that came up one of my videos? DocuSign. Uh, just as I say that. The night before. And so yeah, funny you mentioned marketing and said that is, I will be honest, that is the first time I've ever seen a DocuSign advert. And it might have been because I was not not saying that our phones are listening to us and all the cookies and everything are linked, but I was obviously Googling them yesterday. So there might have been a little bit of integration, obviously with Google and YouTube all in, in, integrated there. But the fact that they do have marketing going on at the moment and there is that option for an advert is good. It is the first one I've seen and don't really know how much it's working but kind of we'll see we will see i don't think the advert was particularly good in my opinion as someone who does a lot of marketing studies it i don't think it really sold them as well as it could have done but it was offering it was kind of highlighting things that maybe we haven't touched on as much today they're highlighting more on that small business sort of thing whereas we're looking kind of how it works on big business side with that seamless integration across yeah exactly But yeah, I think it's a good thing to see that they're doing it. Again, I almost think they haven't needed too much marketing to this point, which is credit to them and their product that doesn't need a large amount of marketing. But as we're going to come on to kind of shortly with their competitors, as the competitors offering is now growing and they've had that time to speed up R&D and develop their, their own service offering, they are going to need that marketing to stay in people's minds, stay at the top of the search engine, stay the number one product for people to use. Yeah. So I think that I think that leads kind of nicely on to Dak, who would you say are their main competitor? Give me a little brief overview and we'll see see what we can say about Ooh, that. Oh, I would say that's a tough one, apart from the fact that we've already touched on them a little bit, so it's really not. Um, the main competitor would be Adobe, who offer Adobe Sign. Now, Adobe Sign has benefited because of COVID-19. All these systems have. It's just it's obvious. Technology in general has, and that's going to apply to these as much as anything else. Um, but saying that, Adobe's offering does seem to be a little bit more simplistic and a little bit more at risk than than DocuSign. And I've used uh, Adobe uh, Sign. I didn't think it was particularly special, if I'm honest. I thought it was very clunky, actually. Um, and it overlaps in some sense with DocuSign because Adobe Sign does have the e-signature and the payments functions. But that's it. That's where it stops. There's none of this targeted approach for small businesses, for retail, for for uh, the life sciences and what have you. So it's not as well targeted. It's aimed as a more general product. Now, in some ways, that's brilliant because that means that you've got a, a wider available market in, in some aspects. But the flip side of that is, well, actually, DocuSign can still access anybody, but they can also target specific people, which some people would argue is actually even better. Um, now, that's probably not too much of a surprise either when we consider that Adobe Sign is really an integration with Acrobat, which is their PDF software. Uh, now, that, I think, is actually a bit of a problem for, for, for Adobe in the long run because DocuSign's apps can't really be undercut. A DocuSign signature, you can't use another app to, to bypass it, whereas if you're just simply signing on, on a PDF, that can be more easily undercut. So Apple have their own PDF reader, iPads on, on the Macs both have ind- independent ones and you can sign on both. Windows have it, you name it. There's so many out there. So putting an electronic signature straight onto a PDF, okay, that's that, that can be undercut quite easily by lots of bigger tech companies. But Adobe, so DocuSign Cloud and the ability to sign within DocuSign uh, and, and via SMS and what have you, that is something that Apple can't do uh, yet uh, and other companies who make PDF software. So from that point of view, Adobe have a bit of a risk of being undercut. But that said, Adobe have also been quite strong. Lucas, can you just take us through the uh, the revenue for Adobe Sign? Because I think DocuSign might be a little bit worried here. Exactly. So I didn't actually find out about this directly through Adobe. I found out about it through my sister. 
who was downloading all their Creative Cloud software and said, Lucas, do I need Document Cloud as part of this? And this is kind of where I found out about them. So it's the, they haven't marketed this too heavily yet. I think they've kind of kept it to their existing customers and are still just a little bit sorting out the edges before they really go into competition. But what Adobe have got is Document Cloud, which is that kind of step up from just Adobe sign, which is almost within their Adobe Acrobat, Adobe PDF sort of side. And it's be, it's going to be the competitor to DocuSign because Adobe have already got this massive customer base and it's how do they bring this and then keep them rather than lose them to DocuSign. So their revenue for kind of year 2020 actually on par with DocuSign as both kind of aiming to be these go-to software providers for these documents. And which is why I think that Document Cloud is actually their biggest competitor, not Adobe Sign. Okay. Although they are both, although they're both under the Adobe bracket as kind of the company, I think Adobe Sign is a much smaller little feature, whereas Document Cloud is going to be the main competitor. Well, if the revenue was the same in twenty twenty, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Exactly. I think you're having Adobe Sign as kind of that little integration that you can offer but if you're offering a software package specifically it's document cloud and yeah the mutual ambitions are kind of seen between adobe and docusign in this case with their fourth quarter earnings and invested eight all looking very positive and actually very surprisingly high figures the adobe executives mentioned document management 47 times during their investor day launch and for perspective adobe mentioned creative cloud 91 times and digital experience is 109 so they're clearly not shying away from this software, this document management side, and it's something I think we'll see growing for them. Now, Adobe is a little bit different DocuSign. They're using PDF and Acrobat, Acrobat franchises, I'm sure you, people are aware of, to layer in their e-signature and workflow services. It's all staying integrated within their platform, whereas DocuSign is kind of being the leading e-signature company and has its own agreement cloud. It has its own separate thing to all of that. As I kind of said, the revenue line up very closely for fiscal year. Adobe kind of put out $1.5 billion of sales with $411 million in the fourth quarter, which isn't too far off what we were saying with DocuSign, which was looking at a 382. Yes, there's a couple of like $20 million in there sort of thing. But at the end of the day, $20 million for these sort of size companies isn't end of the world. And when you look at the size of Adobe, in that they already have an established base compared to DocuSign who are still growing, it's very positive for them. I think to differentiate them and kind of see where they're looking at, I'd put DocuSign more digital workflow category and it's aiming to kind of digitalize these corporate functions, legal, HR, and has a wide range of kind of their key integrations that we and we've kind of spoke about those integrations are growing. Whereas Adobe kind of looks at this document cloud as a pillar to growth that isn't embedded within their own corporate functions with maybe the exception of their marketing creative side. Either way, they might look slightly different, but the collision course is definitely set. And I think 2021, kind of Q3, Q4, when they're both kind of hitting those aims where they want to be, we'll really see how they match up and whether DocuSign is as good as it says it to be, or if Adobe, given a bit more time, has to be able to come up with a really suitable alternative to them. Very well said. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I think DocuSign have got a huge opportunity. And actually, when you consider the age gap between these two companies and the, and the level of maturity between the two companies, for DocuSign to be so close to Adobe is incredible. When you consider that Adobe has been around for decades, it's been around for much longer than, uh, uh, than DocuSign. And okay, DocuSign's been around since 2003, but they've had to come from a, a much smaller base. They've, they've really not been as well known. So to, to get to this point is incredible. I just want to talk to you actually just about this. So DocuSign seemed to have a much more integrated approach in terms of its e-signatures on e-documents, e-agreements, if you will. Yeah. Whereas Adobe is much more basically putting a signature on a PDF. Now, just explain if you can, or give me your opinion on this. Why would someone go with DocuSign's signing an e-agreement versus a PDF? Now, I know you made the point about you don't have to change all the document. You just put in fresh details each time, personal details on, on, on a pro forma, and that works. 
Do you think that's going to be the big issue, or do you think another bit will be the ease of signing in terms of you don't need to have a laptop open that you can do it on a smartphone? Yeah, I think it's I think it's twofold. I think firstly is that ease of access to it that DocuSign works on a number of platforms, a number of devices, and for those of you that are aware of it, and I encourage people to look into it more, it is very user friendly in terms of whether you're working on their web-based thing, whether you're working on a phone, they make it very nice for the consumer to use. They direct you exactly where you need to sign, where you need to input details, and it's nice to use, whereas I think, Zach, I'm sure you agree, Adobe PDF is still very antiquated. It's not easy to use. It's not. It doesn't It doesn't spark joy, which I get for a PDF reader isn't its main <laughs> job. But if I'm choosing what I want to work on on a daily basis doing, for some people, this is their main role is getting documents signed and sent off. I choose something that I enjoy using, which yeah. is which at the end date is important. So yeah, I'll t- touch on that one thing. I think another thing that separates them is DocuSign's functionality across the board. As you said, integrates with Salesforce, they're looking at more integration and it's standing in, they have their own service offerings from real estate to financial to all of those sort of areas. I could name all of them, but no one wants to hear me list off 30 different products at this point in time. You've made it this far, let's not lose you now. So the fact that they can offer so many different custom areas that have the right regulations around them, they're recognized by the correct governing bodies. I think that's something that Adobe don't offer. You can see that, okay, I've got a signature on this document, but there is still a little bit of ambiguity there. We haven't seen what happens if they go to court really, but. DocuSign has that backing from the regulators, from the governing bodies, that if you sign a document here, that is legally binding for both parties. And that's an important thing for businesses. They want to know they're protected, especially in an age where countersuits, lawsuits, everything is coming out thick and fast. And they need to know that they're protected on big deals. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I think some Adobe's software, I think some of it, some of it is enforceable, but not necessarily to the, to the same degree of standard. I think that's that's a very good point to make. But I think what's also quite an interesting point is if you wanted to use Adobe Sign, for example, and we'll go on, we'll go on that one as, as a signature software, um, yeah. you have to use the Adobe PDF Viewer. Now, I don't think a lot of people necessarily want to. For example, if you use a Mac, you're not going to want to necessarily use Adobe Acrobat when you have a signature software already installed. Sorry, when, sorry, when you have a PDF software already installed on your Mac. You've got why download Adobe uh, Acrobat when you can go and use Viewer on the Mac, for example, and, and and Macs are going or Preview, sorry, if you can use Preview, why would you? It doesn't make sense. Whereas if I need to sign documents as a specific task, I'll download DocuSign or use DocuSign software or, or, or website because it's specific to that task. Whereas I can look at a PDF, but it might not necessarily be a PDF I want to sign. So I think that's a bit of an issue for, for Adobe's approach. I understand why they've done it for PC users because a lot of PCs do run Adobe. It's probably where the majority of Adobe Acrobat is, is, is used. Uh, but given that we are seeing Mac sales increasing and the number of Mac users increasing, do you think maybe Adobe have put themselves in a slightly difficult position there? Because why do I want to use software for reviewing a PDF if I'm not going to, to if I don't want to? Exactly, that's a really good point. And yeah, as you say, Mac users are increasing as well. But also, so there's a lot of Microsoft offerings and some of the new Microsoft-specific offerings with the Surface and those sort of things, and the Chromebook as well, that side. They don't have Adobe built in. Then you're, you're not coming that, you're not opening up a laptop and saying, oh, I've got Acrobat, great. So the thing Docu- DocuSign has is that versatility. And say if I'm a company that doesn't use DocuSign, but a company sent me a document to sign or my lawyer sent me something to sign. You don't have to have a full account. You have to have a You can just click a, click the link that they've sent you, sign the document, send it off. It doesn't take long. You don't need external document. You don't need external sort of software downloaded. You don't need any of that. You literally just click the link. It opens up a Google Chrome tab, whatever you need. You sign it and you send it off. Really simple, really quick and efficient. Whereas Adobe, I almost think have very much limited themselves to their current customer base and format by only offering it on their PDFs, which requires you to have the rest of their catalogue. You've got to have Acrobat, you've got to have all of this. And it has to be set so, up as well. Exactly. And it just, 
I mean, if we're kind of making a key point here on where I think Adobe needs to move, an acquisition of another company, they're not going to acquire DocuSign. I don't think they've got the option. But the acquisition of another e-sig company lower down the rank and say e-sign or something like that, if they really want to keep with the competition, might be needed just to give that, give them that software, give them those expertise in it that they probably don't currently have. What do you think that, do you think an acquisition is needed? Do you think they actually care about competing with DocuSign? Oh. Where, like, obviously we come from outsiders, but where do you think Adobe's... I think with DocuSign Cloud, they have an opportunity to sort of replicate the DocuSign model, uh, which would make sense because I think Adobe Sign is just too limited in, in, in its approach. When you see that DocuSign, you don't, as you were saying, you don't even need to have the app installed. I mean, okay, there are people who will have the app installed, but even those who do have the app installed, it's not going to affect them. In a sense, it's not going to be, oh, I've done another piece of software I don't need. Um, so I think that's quite important. So I think Adobe need to address that. They could buy out another company. I mean, yeah, they're not going to be able to buy a DocuSign unless they want to pay $42 billion for them um, or something like that, a, a, a ludicrous amount of money. Um, but, yeah, maybe maybe they, they can develop it internally. I mean, maybe. I mean, DocuSign kind of needed to buy it in because they needed to buy in the the expertise because they're a small growing company or smaller growing company but Adobe is just enormous Adobe is, is one of the, the, the juggernauts of, of, of technology of software so they probably can assemble more resources internally so maybe maybe not but I can see an argument for buying more definitely because you bring in a platform then and you, it's a platform that can work with Adobe Cloud and Document Cloud so yeah there, there's an argument to it but I I, st I think they whatever they've got to do they've got to really be quick to do it and I'm not so sure that it's all it's not already too late for them. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a really good way of putting it. In that, it, I think what what something we don't know is from outsiders and neither of us are affiliated with Adobe, though some of us wish we might be for <laughs> a nice paycheck. But Adobe might not really care. And something we don't know, the consumers don't know, DocuSign don't really know, is obviously that they are making changes to it, they're making amendments, but they would do that to any software they've got. They would make iter iterative developments, they would try and make it a little bit better. But I think it's too early to tell. We need to see what happens in the next almost three months now they've had time to work on it, whether we see a real strong competition arise or whether Adobe will say, you know what, DocuSign, you do you, you do your thing. We're going to focus on we've got we our creative cloud, our kind of documents on that side. We know what we do well, we know where our strengths lie. We're not going to spend away money and money and money for a competition that we don't really want to be in. Do you think then maybe Adobe almost should just focus more on the creative side and they should okay, have some productivity stuff but not as much? Because there is actually an argument for that, for don't overstretch yourself, don't don't try and do too much. When you look at companies in the past who have tried to do too much, they've often messed up. I mean, we talked about the Trump organization a couple of episodes ago. I think they'd be a prime example. Overstretched and actually screwed up in, in some areas in, in quite a spectacular style. So maybe maybe you're onto something there. Yeah, obviously we spoke about previously sometimes diversifying can be good to get different markets. But there's also an argument sticking with what you know and what you're good at. And yes, they do have a range of productivity kind of software and tools out there. And maybe small, minor software updates, iterative developments are good for them just to kind of keep it ticking over, keep it functional. But they, what they really focus on is their creative cloud side, which is, I think, Adobe's main selling point, and it's definitely their main product offering. Like when you think of Adobe, like the first thing I'm thinking about isn't eSign or anything like that. It's thinking about Photoshop, mm. After Effects, Premiere Pro, these right, creative right. assets yeah. that basically the leading designers of the world use. But no one really thinks about their other stuff. So maybe keep it there. There's no point taking it off, but don't pump hundreds of thousands into it, maybe. Exactly. I think that's a really good point, actually, because when you think about it, how many people actually know the name Adobe Acrobat? They might know it as the PDF viewer, or they might just call it Adobe on their computer. They might never actually call it by its real, by its, its product name, and they'll call it by the, the, the company name instead. So, yeah, that makes it, that's a really good point as well. 
the PDF viewing side is being undercut, especially in this new world of touchscreen laptops and tablets and Surface Pros and iPad Pros. And I mean, you know, you can even sign a PDF on an iPhone with the inbuilt document viewer, a PDF viewer. Yeah. So you're right, maybe, maybe Adobe should just say, okay, you know what, that's a side that's becoming very competitive and we don't necessarily want to pump hundreds of millions of dollars into it, whereas we are, in in many ways, the market leaders in photos. I mean, look, you know it's something when Apple don't even do photo pro, pro photo editing software. When you think that they do pro video software, pro music software, you know, motion, they, they do all sorts of these really expensive music packages but they don't go into photos because realistically Adobe's going to win every time. So maybe Adobe should almost do the same and, and take the same approach. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point actually, kind of comparing it to Apple there, and that they know they can't compete without pumping in those hundreds of thousands, hundreds of millions into it. They just take the loss away to say, we're going to focus, we've got our garage band, we've got our final cut, we've got all of those sort of things. They don't need to look at that side of it and just say, you know what, you've already you've already done all the work on it. We don't have the facilities to do the work. You take that, we'll focus on what we're good at. Mm. And maybe Adobe's the right thing to do that. They've been as we spoke about last Martin, they've been too late to the curve. Yeah. And they all need to admit defeat, let them have this win, they could stop other people coming in and dealing with their other products rather than worrying about playing catch up with the company they're already behind. Exactly. I mean, if you go back, I think in the in, it was either the last episode or, or the episode before I talked about how a customer has a, an evoked set. So you say a type of product, and immediately their customer will think of brands that just pop into their head. Now, if you think of the sort of the photo editing world, I think you're going to be hard pressed to not have Adobe as the first one people will come up, will come up with Photoshop. Um, but you wouldn't say the same for the PDF viewing and for the signature software. So maybe just maybe that is the the best way forward for them i mean when you think of digital signatures yeah you think of docusign you think of of uh, of e-sign you, you think of the technologies and the softwares that are particularly well suited to that so yeah adobe are known for doing very well they've had very good results in the last few years maybe actually the best way to keep their results going forward is almost to say right we're not going to expand this signature software too much because realistically it doesn't need to be expanded too much. The, their current offering doesn't look like it can truly compete with DocuSign, and it doesn't really look like it ever will be able to compete with DocuSign. Yeah, certainly not not on that level. They can obviously offer an e-signature some level of software or functionality, but yeah, without kind of shifting their focus massively and really pumping R&D into it, doesn't it's not going to compete. Like it, it, it just can't compete because DocuSign are focusing solely on that, whereas Adobe obviously aren't. So yeah. when you have a company that's solely specialising in being the best in that, a company that has their eggs in a number of baskets just just won't be without serious funding that I don't think they'd get. And when they are the size they are as well, it's not as though they're a small startup and they're a niche startup. They are now a multi-billion-dollar company. Exactly. Yeah. This isn't someone spotting them early on in their lifespan and thinking, oh, we might want to keep an eye on them. Like, they are front and center, top of the range right now. So, if they were going to kind of compete, I think they should have done it mid-2010s, before before this kind of spike in DocuSign. Yeah, that's a very, very good view. <laughs> Let's just move on to sort of our, our concluding thoughts and our opinions then. So, I would argue DocuSign have actually been following a very sensible strategy. The growth before COVID-19 was very impressive and yeah, COVID-19 must have been a curveball for many businesses. It's been exactly what, what DocuSign needed to get that home run. Uh, and it looks as though DocuSign have got a very sustainable business model going forward, which is, is, is very encouraging. What you want to see from tech companies, you want to see that they have got an adaptability. I think DocuSign have shown that in the fact that we've had one of the biggest curveballs in a hundred years and they've come out as well as they have, and it's just incredible to see. And I, I, I've liked them enough where, as I said earlier, I've bought shares in them back in June. Late June, I, I went and bought shares in them because of their strong performance and their massive potential. I mean, they've made 15%. I mean, it was higher at some points, but because we had the vaccine that sent the share price down, but 
still, I mean, to, to be at a point where in six, seven months it's made 15%, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, that's definitely something not to be, it's something to shout about almost and be like, look at look at this great company that I spotted and how well it's done for me. Yeah. So I think I'll kind of close on two, two sides of it. So one of which I think, as I spoke about, Adobe very much limited themselves with their customer base based on their functionality and offering. Whereas and prominence and legal standing, kind of just covering what we've already said there. They, they've really said, this is going to be our area. And they've, they've found a niche and they're absolutely so doing it. are much more versatile this, for that, yeah. Exactly. And this brings me on to kind of, they found their niche. And this is why, as Zach has invested, I think it is a stock to buy. We're not offering direct investing advice here, but it's definitely something to look at and take an interest in is that this sort of business has a really good form in riding out this kind of uncertainty turmoil. In 2008, 2009 financial crash, they increased sales and profits during that time. Unheard of for most companies, especially technology companies Absolutely. actually. When the world was gripped by the deepest economic crisis since the Great Depression, they were making money. They were making money in 2008, 2009. The only other businesses company. that would do that would be sort of your discount retailers for subsistence living almost. Exactly, and at this point, don't forget, they are five to six years old. They are still technically in kind of startup era time, and they're making money, they're making profit, and they've kind of weathered that storm and only grown since then. Fast forward to 2020, another economic crisis and kind of humanitarian crisis. They were third in the NASDAQ's best performing stocks of 2020. I'm sure no one will be surprised to hear that they lost out to Zoom and Tesla, both of which are killing it right now and will continue to do. And to have DocuSign up in those rankings really shows it is a company to be reckoned with. The eSig market is kind of 17 years old, we'd say now, with its best years yet to come, maybe 17, 18, as we get reached 2021 now. The stock sports a lofty price to sales ratio of 24. This, this is obviously changing kind of daily, but it's around Actually, 24. Lucas, just, just explain to our listeners what the price to sales ratio is. Oh, God, you test my economic life. Price sales ratio, so when you're buying it versus the sale of it, all of that sort of thing. I would say I don't want to offer direct investing advice now and stuff, but if you do want to look into it more, please reach out to one of us and we'll be happy to talk to it. But the way it kind of works is a valuation ratio that compares its stock price to its revenue. Stock looking is kind of measured in US dollars, GDP, whichever kind of stock exchange you're working on, and it's compared to its revenue, it's kind of a valuation metric for stocks. The the divide per share stock price kind of by the per share of revenue. Very technical and something you'll look into more as you begin investing. I'm sure Zach knows a lot about it as well. But that's a very quick that's a very quick way of looking at it is basically comparing what their stock price is to its revenue and if it's actually it's a way of saying is its stock price actually a good representation of its revenue. Because some companies, for example, make a lot of revenue, but their stock price is slow, and vice versa. It's good. Yeah, kind of look to it. a lot of companies like that. So you can think of a Nikola Corporation, who I think once had share prices of about $50 a share, but they've never sold anything. So something like that. I don't know what the exact figures were, but it, it was quite high for something that sold nothing. Um, yeah, that was really well said, and I did put Lucas on the spot quite quite meanly there. So I thought he, he dealt with that very well. Nicely done. Um, so yeah, I, I think, Lucas, just just tell me, what do you think of DocuSign in the future in terms of, uh, as a, as an idea, as a as a as a way of thinking? Do you think that it has rethought enterprise? It has. I I really think it has. I think it's shown that you don't. It's not only the big companies, the Adobe's, the Apple's, the Microsoft's, all of those. They're bringing these new ideas to the front and like revolutionising digital workspace. You can have startups, although there may not be a startup in twenty twenty, but they were at one point, and kind of weathered that storm. That other companies can come in and really capitalise on these events. And yeah, there I can only see them go from strength to strength without a major scandal, major legal incident, something like that. I think they're going to become more and more prominent in business, especially the digital world now because of the integration, because of the seamlessness of it, it makes people's lives easier. And 
no one like I know very people very few people who like doing admin who like dealing with contracts and documents I certainly did it when I was working so I think it's, it's only going to make things easier they're going to go from strength to strength as a concept it makes perfect sense so that's that's really all I have to say on it I think obviously it's not perfect I'm not saying it's the best company in the world it certainly isn't but they're in a strong position now and I can only see them getting bigger yeah I think that's, that's very well said uh, uh, I mean it, it takes a lot for me to want to put money behind a business. I do a hell of a lot of research before I buy. I, I don't buy based on short term long, uh, long short term numbers. I look at the long term. I look at their annual reports. I look at their their technical indicators over the last year as well as the last few days. So, from my point of view, as someone who is a long term investor and not a short term trader, I look at, at DocuSign and I just think, wow, what have they got ahead of them? Because again and as you said unless they somehow screw it up in a really spectacular way they are going to be one to watch in the future they are going to be the adobe of their market very easily or it's very possible at least yeah they found a niche and it works them well and they're really putting their money in to make it make it their niche not just oh they are a company operating this area it is their area so yeah, as you said, I can only see it doing well for them. Brilliant. I think that's a, a very good note on, on which to end. Lucas, thank you very much for joining us again. It's It's been brilliant to have you on. Thank you for having me. Again, happy as always. Excellent. Uh, well, that's it for today's episode. So thank you very much to all of our listeners. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Do let us know what you think about DocuSign. You can tweet the Symposium podcast at the pod symposium on twitter you can also follow them on instagram it's at the symposium podcast uh, that's all from uh, from me that's all from lucas uh, bye lucas thank you for for joining us uh, and yeah goodbye from me as well thank you very much for listening and we'll see you in the next podcast